Guadalupe Radio presents the Nutcracker Podcast. Fifth chapter. The conclusion. Maria followed the Nutcracker until he stopped before a large antique wardrobe which stood in the hall. The doors, which were always kept locked, now stood wide open. He grasped a large tassel which hung down the back of a coat and pulled it. Tiny stairs appeared. Ascend if you please, my dearest lady. A dazzling light darted like flashing jewels. She saw a beautiful gate made of sugar, almonds, and raisins. She opened the gate and entered a sweet-smelling meadow filled with bright, vivid flowers. Oh, this is so charming. Can we stay here for a while? Nutcracker clapped his hands, and some little shepherds and shepherdesses came near and danced joyfully. They were so delicate and seemed to be made of pure sugar. They brought a little armchair made of gold and laid upon it a green cushion of candied citron and invited Maria to sit down while they danced for her. They now walked along a soft, rustling brook not far off. A great number of little children sat on the shore eating little fishes that looked like peanuts. At a distance, there was a very neat little village. That is Gingerbreadville. It lies on the Molasses River. Very pretty people live in it, but they are a little ill-tempered because they suffer a good deal. From toothaches, so we will not visit it. To the capital, to the capital! Maria followed, full of curiosity. It was not long before a sweet odor of roses mm, enveloped them, and everything around them was a soft rose-colored tint. Beautiful silver white swans with golden colors swam over the lake singing sweet tunes. <laughs> this is the lake which Godfather Drosselmeyer was once going to make for me. And look, I myself am caressing the dear swans. <laughs> Godfather Drosselmeyer can never make anything like this. You yourself, rather sweetest lady, can can. But we will not trouble our heads about that. Let us sail across the Rose Lake to the capital. Nutcracker clapped his little hands together and Maria perceived a car of shells covered with bright, sparkling jewels moving towards them, drawn by two golden-scaled dolphins. The dolphins raised their heads and sang out. <laughs> Who sails upon the rosy lake? A little pretty fairy. Awake, awake. Bim, bim, little fishes. Sim, sims, pretty swans. Tweet, tweet, little birds. Whist, whist, tiny breezes. Maria was gazing.
rising in the sweet-scented rosy waves, out of which the face of a charming little maiden smiled up upon her. Look, look, there is the princess Pearlipat down in the water. Oh, how sweetly she smiles. Your kindest friend, that is not the princess, it is you. You, it is your own lovely face that smiles so sweetly out of the Rose Lake. They continued their journey, going through many beautiful towns, and as they passed through a gate, which looked as if it were made of macaroons and candied fruits, a little man in a brocade dressing gown threw himself upon the nutcracker. Welcome, best prince. Welcome to Confectionville. They walked a few steps. When they came to the great marketplace, which presented a wonderful sight, all the houses around were of sugared filigree work, the fountains filled with lemonade and cream. But prettier than all of this were the charming little people who pushed and squeezed together, laughing, singing, and dancing. They were beautifully dressed, men and women, Armenians and Greeks, Jews and Christians, soldiers and preachers, peasants and kings, shepherds and harlequins. There were all types of people that can possibly be found in the world. But at that moment, on the opposite corner, 500 fishermen were marching in procession while the Grand Mogul was being carried by a palanquin. Attended by 93 grandees of the kingdom and 700 slaves, and the Grand Turk was riding with 3,000 janissaries, also known as followers. Followers! Up and thank you, the, the mighty, mighty sun, sun, the mighty sun. Yes, the mighty sun. Followers, up and thank you, the, the mighty sun, the mighty sun. Yes, the mighty sun. A scream was heard. A fisherman had knocked off a Brahmin's head in the crowd, and the great mogul was almost run over by the harlequin. The tumult grew wilder and wilder when... A man in a brocade dressing gown, the one that had called the Nutcracker a prince at the gate, called out three times. Confessieux! 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 And the tumult stopped, and everyone tried to help each other as well as they could, setting everything in order once again. What did he mean by confessieux? Ah, my dear friend, confessure is meant as an unknown but very fearful power. It is the fate that rules over these married little people. When it is mentioned, each of them no longer thinks of earthly things, but retires within him or herself and meditates on who and what we are and what is our destiny. Maria started thinking of her own destiny when she saw an amazing castle glimmering with rosy light and airy towers. The ground was covered with beautiful violets, 
tulips and dahlias that hung about the walls. We are now in front of March Payne Castle. Soft music was heard, and the palace door opened. Twelve little pages marched out with torches. Four lovely ladies followed them, richly and splendidly dressed. Oh, they embraced the nutcracker in a tender manner and cried with joyful sobs. Oh, my oh, prince, dearest, my best dearest friend, prince, dear oh, brother, brother, we have missed you. The nutcracker was very much moved. This is Miss Maria Stallbaum. The daughter of a much respected and very worthy physician, and she is the preserver of my life. Had she not thrown her shoe at the right time, had she not supplied me with the sword of a pensioned colonel, I should now be lying in my grave, torn and bitten to pieces by the terrible Rat King. Her goodness, imagination, and virtue cannot be compared. They entered the castle, and the princesses made Maria and the Nutcracker sit down and prepared a beautiful meal. They brought the finest fruits and sugar things, such as Maria had never seen before, and began to squeeze the fruits with their little snow-white hands and pound the spices, grated the sugar almonds, and created a delicious dinner. Maria wanted very much to learn how to make such things and wished she could assist them. The most beautiful of the Nutcracker sisters guessed her thoughts and reached out with a little golden mortar. Oh, sweet friend, dear preserver of my brother, will you not pound a little of the sugar candy? As Maria pounded in the mortar, the nutcracker began to give a full account of his adventures, of the dreadful battle between his army and the Rat King of how the terrible tyrant wanted to possess all land and destroy all because of his need for power. How Maria, to preserve the Nutcracker, gave up many of her beloved subjects who were not warriors but were indeed heroes, had entered her service and sacrificed so much. During this narration, Maria seemed to feel as if the words became less and less audible and the pounding of her mortar sounded more distant until she could scarcely hear. It all now seemed like a humming and a singing in the distance. And then she felt as if she were falling Falling, 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 and puff, puff, it went. She opened her eyes, and there she was, laying on her bed. It, it was a bright day, and she was completely confused, for she must have fallen asleep in the Marchpane Castle, and perhaps the princesses themselves must have 
carried her home. How can you sleep so long? Breakfast has been served a great while ago, my dear. Oh, mother, dear mother, you have no idea where the young master Nutcracker led me last night and all the beautiful things that I have seen. She began to tell her mother the whole story, and her mother listened in astonishment. You have had a long and very beautiful dream, but now... Drive it all out of your head. No, Mama. It wasn't a dream. It was real. Silly child. Look. Look at this wooden puppet. This nutcracker. It's nothing but that. A nutcracker that has no life nor motion. But dear mother, I know little nutcracker is really the young Master Drosselmeyer of Nuremberg, Godfather's nephew. Oh, you are a silly girl indeed. <laughs> oh, dear father, you should not laugh at my nutcracker. He spoke very well of you when we entered the Marchpane Castle, and he presented me to his sisters, the princesses, and he said that you were a very respected and very worthy physician. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, Maria. <laughs> Louise, Fred, Mama. And Papa were now all laughing at Maria. So she ran to the other chamber, took the seven crowns of the Rat King out of her little box, and brought them in so that they could see them. See here, dear mother? Here are the seven crowns of the Rat King, which young Master Nutcracker gave me last night as a token of his victory. Ah, huh. let me see. Her mother examined the little crowns in great astonishment. They were made of a very strange shining metal, very delicately worked, and it seemed impossible that mortal hands could have made them. Where did you get these? You are a little storyteller, and you are not telling us the truth. What's this? The counselor entered the room and saw Maria crying. And her father, the doctor, told him what had happened, showing him the seven little crowns. Oh, you silly pack. These are the very crowns which I used to wear on my watch chain many years ago, and which I gave to little Maria on her birthday when she was two years old. Don't you remember them? You know all about it, Godfather. Please, please tell them yourself that my little nutcracker is your nephew, the young master of Nuremberg, and that it was he who gave me the crowns. Maria, you must stop with this nonsense. Your foolish dreams are silly. And if I hear you again saying that the ugly nutcracker is your Godfather's nephew, I will throw him out of the window along with all the rest of your puppets, Miss Clara included. Poor Maria sat silently. She felt lonely and sad. She felt she could no longer speak about her amazing adventures. She felt she would not be understood or believed. But the images of that wonderful fairy kingdom stayed in her mind and gave her comfort. Days passed. She felt silenced by the adults who called her Little Dreamer. And as she silently gazed at the Nutcracker, the counselor, her godfather, came to repair a clock. 
He looked at her and saw her sadness and heard her say as she sat by the glass case, Oh, dear Nutcracker, if you were actually alive, I would not behave like Princess Parlipat did. I would not betray you for no longer being handsome, for I know how courageous you were. And besides, beauty is in the heart and in the kindness of spirit. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door, and it was so loud that Maria fell from her chair. Maria, you silly girl, get up and please behave like a young woman. Godfather's nephew has just arrived from Nuremberg. She looked up and saw that the counselor had put up his glass wig again and his brown coat and was smiling pleasantly. He held by the hand a little, very well-shaped young man. His face was as white as milk, his lips red. He wore a handsome red coat trimmed with gold and white silk stockings. His hair was nicely powdered and curled. He had a sword by his side made of nothing but fine jewels and a little hat which he carried under his arm. He brought Maria a great many playthings, gingerbread and sugar figures, just like the ones that the Rat King had bitten to pieces. And for Fred, he brought a splendid saber with a sharp curved blade. At the table, the little fellow cracked nuts for the whole family. And after dinner, he invited her to go with him to the sitting room, to the glass case. Now, now, play pretty together, children, said the counselor happily. Maria sat alone with the young Drosselmeyer and felt joyous. He looked at her tenderly and suddenly stooped upon one knee. Oh, my very best, Miss Maria. You saved my life by saying that you would never betray me like the hateful Princess Pearlypat if I had become ugly for your sake. I ceased to be a miserable nutcracker and became again my old and hopefully not disagreeable figure. Oh, dear, excellent Miss Maria, make me happy with your dear hand. Share with me my crown and kingdom and rule with me in Marchpane Castle, for there... I am still king. Dear Master Drosselmeyer, you are so kind. And since you rule in such a charming and beautiful land where people are loving and happy, I will be your best friend and the queen. And Maria, it is said, became queen of a land where Christmas woods, transparent marchpane castles, and the most beautiful and wonderful things can be seen by those who will only have eyes for them. For the power of imagination is limitless and will take you everywhere. And, as the brilliant Albert Einstein used to say, imagination is the preview of life's Coming attractions. End 
of the final chapter. The Nutcracker Podcast is an original production by Guadalupe Radio. Based on E.T.A. Hoffman's story and Tchaikovsky's suite. With special performances by Ari Dario, Seamus Deaver, Erika Ortega, Sal Lopez, Efraín Figueroa, Cynthia Dane, Andres Londono, and Denise Blasor. Graphic designer, Marta Naranjo. Recordings, Rafael Valdez and Gerardo Nevares. Editing by Juan Matos. Original music, Laurent Akem. Script, production, and direction, Denise Blasor. Executive producer and director, René Heredia. The Nutcracker.LA. All rights reserved.